0: Released on Sunday, April 12, 2015,
1: This Agile Life, Episode 80, peanut butter and banana sanders.
0: The software industry transforms more and more every day.
1: Agile methods are quickly replacing traditional
0: ones. The question is, are you agile enough? This podcast is devoted to agile and lean software development.
1: Time to welcome your agile coaches on
0: This Agile Life.
1: Hello, everyone out there, and welcome to This Agile Life podcast about what it's like to be agile in the real world. We've got a great show today that we're going to talk about. It's got lots of excitement and a few twists thrown in there. And most importantly, I've got two great people joining me for this agile life. Who's out there in agile world tonight?
2: Oh, well, speaking of twists, uh, this is Lee. I'm here and ready to get started on Whatever these amazing topics are that that Jason is 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 promising.
1: Yeah. So as right, Lee's here, and of course, as Lee mentioned, my name's Jason. Jason Tice. I'm here, and I think there's one other person with us tonight, Lee. Who is it?
2: Uh, uh, is it the king? Oh, well, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, I was going to bring Amos, but uh, I decided to show up myself instead. <laughs>
3: I'm not even going to be able to handle this. This is going to be a good night. I should have had more alcohol. Um, So so this is Amos, and I'm here. I'm not actually here for the discussion. I'm here because I heard that there might be tornadoes up by where you guys live. And I just wanted to be on the video watching it when it happens that Tice disappears.
2: Yeah,
1: so then then I said if I do disappear and I survive, I'm going to reenact the musical Wicked and sing Defying Gravity. So that will be good. So just think about it. If you're listening.
3: If you get sucked up, I'm going to go ding-dong, the wicked witch, witch, witch." (laughs) witch-a-witch.
1: So here's the funny thing though. we're doing is, let me tell you, if you listen to this Agile Life, we kind of have some patterns. And if you're on an Agile team, I bet you have some patterns too, right? What we just did, I think we've never done before. We just kind of started and we're having a little bit of fun here. Which, ask yourself, what was the last time you did that with your team? So maybe if you're the Scrum Master and, you know, you kind of start to stand up every day the same way... Do something different the next the the first time you have a stand up after you hear this, you know, and maybe be like Lee and Lee used to live in Memphis. So that's not fair Um, because your Elvis is way too good. So maybe I don't know. Have everyone in your stand-up talk like talk like Elvis for a day. That could be really funny. So, <laughs> well, as we're talking tonight, we also have another experiment going on, which we thought we'd let you know about right now. Um, although by the time you hear this episode, it'll be a little too late. Is so, Amos went to Twitter, and uh, since we we asked Amos to think about a topic for us to talk about this week, and of course, Amos, in typical fashion, has li- has waited until the last irresponsible no. moment, and Wait. so he's asking you no. to give us help on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Okay, no. go. <laughs> no
3: i had a topic and some one of our esteemed hosts said oh please don't do that without me and then we were going to go ahead with it anyway but we decided that we all agree on the topic so it'll be really boring
1: okay but again real life i'm sorry if you're listening to us out there and and leon amos have we ever seen this in real life on an agile team you know Hey, I really like working on that part of the code base and like, or, you know, that's my part of the code. And so even if that's the next story in your ready queue, you don't, you, you, you skip that one because you know, No. what you haven't ever seen the same
3: I've seen it and it's BS. Well, yeah. So again, look at this. You have straightened me out. I didn't even cuss.
2: We're trying to to keep it up again in real life, so that's again that's a don't do that. But in in real life, Amos cusses a lot. (laughs) Only in work life. (laughs) So so are we
1: following the whole team approach here, Amos? Uh, no, because
3: we are pigeonholing and saying we're not going to do this until this person's around, and that we aren't able to handle it without them.
2: I think I think there's a, a a different version of that where. You know, I really like working on this particular part of the code, so I'm gonna grab that story quickly before anybody else grabs it. Because I want it.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna half ass my current job well, so I can get to the next one that I enjoy.
1: Or or again, if you're listening and and by now you're probably wondering what on earth is this mysterious topic. So um we'll share it to be transparent, and that is it is the uh it's a debate we've had here at This Agile Life before. It's really about How much testing is enough? Is that a good way to summarize it? Or if you're doing test-driven development, what parts of your code do you not test? Do you have like rules or classes of service about, I test this, but I don't test this or blah, blah, blah. And what's interesting about that and why I think we've at least tentatively decided to forego this is Lee, Amos, and myself all agree on this topic that we we think you should probably pretty much test, I want to say pretty much everything all the time.
3: So- I am. I'm. Uh, I'm going to avoid cussing here, but but there's a guy, and I'm I'm losing his name right now. But he says Taft, T-A-F-T. Test all the f in time.
1: Well, and, and again, my, my, <laughs> Amos, the reason why I support that is I've lived in way too many spaces where people do the spike or they do the quick thing, and next thing you know, the business says, "Hey, I want that in production tomorrow." And uh, uh but but what about time to market? We don't have time to write those tests. Yeah. We've got to have this done by the end of next week. Yeah, so, so you should work You should work in a way that if the business says release it now, you're able to release it now and you're not going to be up all night. So the reason why, but, but where I was going with this is to say that we're not a good group to discuss this because we all kind of think the same thing. And if teams do that and they choose to all work and they've got the mindset, it can get them kind of focused on tunnel vision where they don't necessarily cross talk. Enough, right? Lee had a little difference. So Lee, had a little okay. difference.
3: Down to the developer level.
2: Do Do you actually want to bring this up, or are I, we I are we avoiding the topic?
3: We've already brought it up. Let's hear it,
2: Lee. <laughs> okay, so you see, you hear what Jason or what uh, Amos is trying to do, right? Jason, he he is he is trying to make us go into this topic, whether we like it or not. <laughs>
1: Who's I, the product owner here? Oh, we don't have one. Well, we're still <laughs> waiting
3: for someone to come on from Twitter with a topic for us. Well,
1: we, we haven't even announced that we were doing that yet. So that that was okay. the other long. I, t- I
2: tell you what, I will I will play devil's advocate here. Ooh. I am going to play the part of someone who who doesn't think you should you should test your stuff uh, all the time. Because I think this is an argument you will get if you are ever out there trying to convince a group to, uh, to try to, to do TDD on everything. So, well, this, so here are some of the excuses I hear. Um, you don't need to test everything. I mean, this is simple code. Um, there's, there's nothing that could possibly go wrong. It's just a little for loop. And, and why do I need to test this? You know, I, I, this can't break. How many times have you had to fix them?
3: Those kind of things that are easy and can't break.
2: I don't know. On this, you know, this story, the last couple of weeks, nothing that I can remember. <laughs> oh, I don't even know how to respond to that one. I just want to. Exactly.
1: See, you had, uh, <laughs> See, I win. But, you know, win. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because as I'm listening to you say that, I, I, I know where you're going with that. I hear what Amos is saying and. I have a completely different thought in my mind. The the value that I see from writing tests for nearly everything. And when I say nearly everything, you know, things that are where there's no value for writing tests like getters and setters and stuff which you, you said before we shouldn't there's there's no value there. So, guess what, you run your code coverage and you see those aren't covered, not a big deal. But it's the process and it's, it's all the learning that occurs and the feedback loops that are triggered by writing the test. It's like, hey, I got this simple thing, this for loop, but because it's buried eight lines deep in this method that does eight other things instead of Holy doing cow, one thing. Holy you method that is eight lines long? No, it's got eight oh, lines. different topic. It's got eight <laughs> lines, then it has a for loop that spits something out, and then it does eight more lines, and then it finally returns something in this big custom object that has, that's used for 8,000 things instead of just one thing. How many case statements do you have in that
3: method? No, never mind, sorry. <laughs>
1: Oh, come on, you know it's out there. So, <laughs> thank know. you, hi. Yes, I get to talk like an engineer tonight, which is but, fun. But that's that's the problem,
3: right? Well, so what I'm saying, if, is- you it, if you write that test first, you're probably not gonna write it that way, especially after practice. And that's the other thing is, whenever you've done this and you actually committed to it, after a little while, it becomes second nature. And that extra time is not really a whole lot of extra. And i found that even over the course of a week, that people say, we're not going to write any tests. Well, they start stepping on each other and tearing up people's code, and they don't realize it because the test coverage isn't there. Well, but- by the end of the week, you still can't release that thing that you had to not test in order to release because it's broken, or you do release it, and then you're like, well, we got to
1: fix bugs now. So I forgot when, I, when Amos and I are on, I got to tell my stories faster because I didn't even get to the point yet, which is I didn't know you could talk faster. Well, <laughs> maybe I, I have to talk use less words. I'll try to do that. You guys can give us feedback on Twitter about that. Well, where I was going is, so I got the, I want to test the for loop that's in the middle of this beautiful method I've just described to Amos that set him off. And it's hard to do. I can't test it. Well, that's a feedback loop that would say, hey, I need to refactor my code to extract that method out. And so, I, so in that case, it's the process of saying I'm going to write a test that's going to give me this nice loosely coupled code that's easier to maintain over time. And because of that, that process is what I want to keep going. And if you don't write the test, that process falls apart and we end up with beautifully architected methods and classes like I just described. Right, Amos? Well,
3: it, and it falls apart very quickly. It doesn't take very long. You can stop writing tests. If your team is very dedicated to, TD, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to tell people to do this. Take like two or three days and don't write tests or write them after. And see what happens. Because you watch it fall apart. It's crazy. Okay, man.
1: okay. So, Amos, Amos, I like I got that. a team to do it once. Okay, it was I, really bad. <laughs> I like where you're going with that, but I want to challenge you because something we've been talking about a lot lately is experiments. So, can you tell us more about the hypothesis when you say it's all going to fall apart? What does that mean? And so, because I would love some people to take you up on what you're saying right now. Go try this experiment and then let us know what happened. And I want you to tell them what they should be looking for. What, so, what are the
2: metrics, what are the metrics?
1: <laughs> no, no, we don't need to get into that. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, Amos, be more we specific. Can, we can look at metrics. So um, count the
3: number of issues that you have with those pieces of code um, over the next couple of weeks, because sometimes they're, you're not going to notice them right away. He might notice them later. Uh, count times that people step on each other. Make sure that you're like the whole team is doing this and you're all working on on different pieces or even the same piece is even more exciting. Um, and, and then look at how many branches that you have in your code, how many, like your cyclomatic complexity and how large your methods and your objects are, if you're doing object oriented, uh, and
0: it, it, it's kind of also, also throw in,
2: also throw in, um, how many times did you feel like you weren't confident enough to go in and, uh, and refactor a piece of code or or add something new to a piece of code because you didn't know whether it was, whether you were going to break it or not.
1: And so for those that like metrics, those are more what you're – those are, as described, new Most of those actually have names. Like what you described, Amos, the number of bugs. I mean, most people call that defect density. So like what parts of the code generate more defects? And can you find a pattern there? Uh, I liked your idea about merge conflicts because that has to do with, you know, the average size of a story. If people are doing, oh, no.
3: that's not what I meant. That's I meant not like, I meant like your stuff, like you break something by changing code that you didn't expect.
1: Okay. So like a whack-a-mole problem, but, but the other yeah. one, the other one that, that I've been, I've been working with lately is this idea of merge conflicts. And if a team is constantly having merge conflicts, look at the size of their stories and the cycle time to complete them. And I bet there's a correlation there where they're probably working in larger work units. And as you know, I know amongst the three of us, we typically recommend smaller work units are better. Uh, Typically I'd say at the, um, well, Amos, you're like what an hour or something, but uh, you know, a day, two days is pretty good. Not, but if a story takes
2: a week, that might be a bit too large. I I would say, so I'm not quite as, uh, as radical as Amos is, but I would still, Put it at anything over a day is too long. Yeah.
1: Well, and again, if you've never tried this, the you know the the one of the trending words this year that when we I guess having reviewed submissions for the big for the Agile conference in D.C. in, in uh, August 2015, the word that I know I saw a lot was predictability. So that's that's the word everyone's talking about now. And the number one way to get predictability is to have smaller work units because you reduce the variability in those work units. So smaller is better. Uh, complexity was good you know which uh, that's that's a simple one you know you, you get a tool that measures that point it at your code base and say spit out the data and then look at it and decide what to do and, churn churn can be another good one churn look meaning at. number of lines changed per commit or uh no like
3: the files themselves like how many times does this file change how many times does that file change
1: yeah so the
3: churn in the new code that you wrote
1: yeah, that's something it's funny. I don't know if we have time to find it for a pick, but people are like making all these cool animated videos now of like what your code base looks like over time, like as an animated film. It, it like where you see one change of packs. I mean, they're really neat, so we'll we'll try to find some of those for a future episode, put that in our picks. And the last one, Lee, I liked you I liked how you had Lee had the, the soft metric, the, the ones that I talk a lot about to say that, you know, what does it feel like? And do you feel confident changing this? So I guess what where I, where I wanted to emphasize, though, is to say that these are all things you can measure. And so you can go do Amos's experiment here in a scientific way and measure these things and say, hey, we're not testing. And guess what? We've seen that our defect density has not changed. It's awesome. Pretty, or it's probably pretty high. <laughs> so You're better
3: than most people I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. Anyway, so. So, the funniest thing, and now we'll get back to the the whole story we We've kind of been delaying because we were trying to do a little bit of crowdsourcing uh for this episode where Amos did post a question on Twitter if anyone had a question for us to talk about in real time and Amos, if we hadn't received any responses,
3: no, nobody likes me
1: no one likes us okay or <laughs> yeah. or or your internet's down, and it's just not going out anywhere so
2: <laughs> well, his twelve followers are are in other places, hey. <laughs> No, I think that's. Oh, sorry, that was me. I, I've got twelve followers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not very
1: good with Twitter. So, well, let me. Um. Mm-hmm. So, is there uh, Is there anything else we can say about this this topic of how much testing? Knowing that, I, I think just to be transparent, uh, people who on this agile life who sometimes think a little differently about this. I think um, Craig thinks a little bit differently, right, Amos? So he he'll be someone who I think that we'll have on a future episode that will probably might have some questions about the things we're saying here because we're again the three of us are recommending that there's many values to testing aside from just the feedback that the the software does what it's supposed to do well really it's a great way to promote good architecture practice and to promote good understanding amongst the team is to are we maintaining clean code and and
3: just in case we don't get to bring this up with Craig at a future episode because we have lots of topics that we always want to talk about is jump on our community on on it's on google plus uh and talk about it there and bring it up craig will jump in i'm sure
1: he'll
3: he'll, he'll take any chance that he can to yell at me
1: <laughs> so lee uh can elvis um give us some some advice about like a takeaway from this conversation
2: oh uh gee i hadn't really thought about it too much um i've kind of been eating my Peanut you know, butter and banana sandwiches. You guys have a grill for that, by the way. Anyway, um, I think you should you should test your code, and maybe uh, get a hound dog. A hound dog helps. A team mascot.
3: I <laughs> think uh, actually, Thank you.
2: team Thank you mascot. Very much.
3: Interesting
2: okay
1: so hey if you're in the conference space out there we're going to get lee out on the conference <laughs> circuit so talking about something and uh lee's going to talk about it like elvis so um uh, we got uh, for those that aren't listening to this agile life frequently we got uh occasionally nate shows up and does his sports announcer voice and now we've got elvis showing up here so uh, who's going to be and, and i don't know and people tell me i do kermit the frog and stuff because i have kids so uh, i frog ear so amos what's next so we, we just finished that story. We've shipped it off. We've demoed it to our customer. Our users love it. We're gonna wait for their feedback. What do we do next? I don't know. You. I think you cut off Lee right there. He started to say something, and then you said, "What's next?"
2: Oh my! It must be a Wednesday.
1: <laughs> oh, well, now we got Witty the Pooh here tonight. <laughs> okay, so here's a great one for you. This I can't wicked. even function right now. Ah, so again, um. I, you don't need to be a scrum master to do this. Okay. It's, it's like, it's not a bad idea to have an, I don't know, something funny in your, in your toolbox. And so literally I would, this would be to be a fun activity to do in a, um, like in a, a team, a retro or just any type of a team session. Take five minutes, challenge everyone to say, Hey, what's something that you do that's funny. Obviously, Lee can do Elvis. Lee can do Winnie the Pooh. I'm sure he's going to whip another one out here. But we're cracking up here. We're having a good time. So this is something, and, and I guess I share this. Um, We got a neat thing going on. Um, As, as you guys probably know, uh, This uh, uh, this Agile Life will be at the Agile Games Conference in Boston coming up in May 2015. Woo-hoo! Amos is really excited. Uh, For those that really, if you want the backstory... It's- I won't be in a van
3: down by the ocean living on government cheese.
1: So, but but here's a funny one. So, and obviously, John's gonna tag along too. And so, I think John, Amos, and Jason are gonna all travel together, and we're probably gonna like pull an all nighter podcast type thing. Who <laughs> something crazy will go down, uh, which you guys will get to be part of. But where I was going with that is we got a neat thing going on there. We're we're gonna have like a, an improv track where we've got uh we've got a deep dive from a group called the Theater of the Oppressed. They they do they do. Collaborative work. And we've also got another guy from St. from St. Louis who is that actually we should have on the podcast sometime. His name's Wade Stallman. He's a I think he's a scrum master, and he's going to do a workshop on uh, how to spice up your meetings with improv games. And so we've got actually like a whole day if you're in improv. And the reason I'm just bringing this up is the val. I-, I hope you're feeling if you're listening to us, some of the value that kind of sometimes have it a little bit of fun. It provides it. It gets people engaged because we're all laughing here. And I like to say when you're laughing, guess what? You're thinking about something, which is good. So so check out Agile Games. This Agile Life will be there. Uh, And or guess what? Do something funny at work. It won't kill you and it will probably um, get people engaged and you'll do better work.
3: I have no idea why. But when you said when you when you're laughing, you're thinking, all I could think of was Bob Ross. And, and I don't even think that's a Bob Ross thing that he would say, but all I could picture was Bob Ross.
2: <laughs> is that, you mean like happy little trees? Bob yes. Ross?
3: Yes. Happy little mistakes.
1: Okay. So Amos, <laughs> now that we've all thought and you're obviously laughing over there, so we know you're <laughs> thinking about something. Can you tell us what that is? We'll go on to a new topic.
3: Uh, oh. Actually, I wrote down on this card today um, that I actually just wanted to talk to you about last episode. You brought up this idea of the Agile Buffet game, where people would would describe Agile practices as food. Okay. Like you would describe food, and and I I I, I thought, holy crap! I think Tice had a good idea.
2: Oh, did you just say that, Amos? Well,
1: Shh, don't tell anybody.
3: <laughs> Can we edit that out? No, (laughs) no. So
1: do you want to play that game now? Because we are, we are, we are going to play that game at the agile open space in St. Louis is coming up, um, in April, April, 2015. So you'll hear this episode just before that event occurs if you want to join us, but that's something that I'm going to bring into the open space and see what the open space does with it. Um, if the open space even cares about it, uh, open space people get to decide what to do so guess what if everyone thinks it's a bad idea they're all they can all say forget that um if they want to invest some time they can do it but amos maybe give us your idea to get it started
3: well i i would like you uh tice to actually describe um how about since we've been talking about tdd you describe to me tdd as
1: a food Oh, so this is called put me on the spot. Okay. I, I yeah, well
3: I, I could some, ask Lee too.
1: Well, I think we should both do this. So this I is I think Lee needs
3: to do it as Elvis though.
1: This is creamy peanut butter and banana sandwiches.
3: <laughs> I don't I don't do good Elvis, but mm. I tried.
1: TDD <laughs> as food. So
3: We also have a topic that came in, but you gotta do this first. I,
2: I think I think the first thing that comes to my mind is getting my kids to eat their vegetables. Right? So you keep you keep trying uh, different ways to fix the vegetables, and uh, and you test out little things, right? I, I'm not sure if this is even going to apply. This is just what came to mind when talking about TDD and food is testing different different ways of getting my kids to uh, to eat their vegetables.
1: <laughs> that makes me think of and pop-ups. so the first prat the other little, the little uh, bite size. Okay, so the meat, other one. Meat. So Amos, before uh, I'm going to attempt to answer this is the this is Russia this is the part of the game that when we play this at the open space we're going to do some silent reflections so we don't think on the spot and you'll be able to do that individually which I think if we did that right now and just was silent on the podcast for five minutes, it would be very boring. You guys would all turn us off. So we're I'm, I'm, well,
3: we, we could always cut that five minutes out.
1: But no, we don't want to do that. So
3: Post, post-production. And, if, fun.
1: and of course, at the, at the open space, we're going to play amazing music that will just inspire you to think. Uh, I'll bring my ukulele. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so but I have an idea. I, I'm thinking of something like I'm just thinking out loud. What about the metaphor of like trying to eat with chopsticks? You know, because you kind of got to figure it out. And, and, again, I'm thinking of it's a it's an iterative process to learn how to do it. And, you know, you kind of invariably, like as we were describing, people getting started with TDD, if you've ever eaten with chopsticks, it's like, oh, you, you kind of are bad at it. It's like you try to pick up the rice ball and it falls off your chopsticks and all kinds of bad stuff happens. But if you practice it, it gets better to where you're – you can be pretty good at it and – I don't know. To me, that, that sounds more like the learning of TDD. It's not the actual engineering practice. So I, I got to think, Amos, I'm going to think about that. Can I get uh, back to you? Yeah, how about you this one. Get back to me. Okay.
2: Imagine, imagine a a little kid trying to learn how to use a fork. Right. I mean, a little little kid, and they've just been picking stuff up with their hands. Right. So they they keep trying, and they're going to try little things, and you keep forcing them to 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 learn how to eat with a fork. But if they don't, they're just going to if it gets frustrating, they go right back to using their hands and just crap goes everywhere. Yeah. Code goes everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, but here's what I like. Here's what I like about this chopstick thing. I like that, Lee. So Lee, you need to come to open space too, and we can both collaborate on this together. Because as I'm visualizing this chopstick and thinking back to my lunch that I ate, that I ate at Payway today, so I actually was using chopsticks. Uh, it's that idea of saying something, if you're doing it right, it should be easy. So it's that it's that feedback cycle that I was talking about. So once you learn how to, I should be able to take anything that's on my beautiful, uh, my beautiful plate of the payway hot and spicy stuff with whatever I got mixed in it, and pick it up and mm, eat it down there real quick. And if it's hard to do that, that might be a feedback. That's a feedback loop that I. Well, maybe I didn't order the right thing. Maybe they messed my order up, or maybe I just need to learn how to get better at, at eating my food. So I don't know.
2: Otherwise, you're gonna make a mess.
3: So. I I really expected when it, whenever you said to describe it, like you guys talked about how to eat it and things like that. And I expected you to say like, like how it tastes. Uh, so I was thinking that it was, it was a very sophisticated and, and spicy and, and really like just wonderful flavor. Yet the better and more well done it is, the more simplified it is. It's simple yet high quality. And that's what I was—I was thinking of like flavors. And you guys are talking about how to eat. I, th- I think well, that's very interesting.
1: But here's the thing: I, I think we've proven out uh, when we had the idea on the the prior episode where we talked about the agile buffet. Was I thought it was an idea that I didn't know if, if it would have any legs. It the, the idea of having to game about that, where we would, where we would build this buffet, is. He, um, it does, it's stimulating an interesting conversation about what it means to us. So again, if we're a team and we're doing a team inception, we're coming together to start working. You're we we could use this type of an activity to establish our working agreements about how we're going to do TDD or how we're going to work together. And again, this conversation is going to get us on the same page because we need to be on the same page to be a good team, right? Yeah. Okay, so Amos has told me we have a topic. Um, I'm not exactly we, we, cl- clear. So, so we
3: actually had someone respond on Twitter. It's one of our listeners, Mark Catterbert, And then I asked him if he wanted to be on the show in order to bring this topic up. And he said, sure. So I think we need to add him into Skype. Okay, so. And we'll call him in. This is the first ever calling someone in in the middle of the show.
1: Amos, can you do that on your end, or do you want me to do it?
3: I think you have to do it since you started the call.
1: Okay.
3: I don't know how to add somebody. I'm not good at this.
1: I know how to do Add people. I know how to do it. I'm working on it. Okay, so now we can measure how long this takes. So this is like you've decided to crowdsource your team as you're building your product, and so how can we add value now while we're waiting?
3: Well, so so I've heard of this kind of thing before, right? Uh, let's um, Valve. Valve they make video games, but everybody gets to work on whatever they want to work on during the day, right? So all we did was crowdsource out an idea of a topic, and then we said, "Who wants to join us?"
1: Okay, we got a mark. So let's see here. I feel like I'm the receptionist with the most is here at this. Mark Ketterberg, here we go. You're a
3: fantastic receptionist. I would
1: hire you. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow, this is like real. Amos, this reminds me, you were on radio. I was on radio. This is like radio where we're, we're punching people in here. So, so, hey, Mark, welcome to This Agile Life. How you doing tonight? Good, good. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Glad to be on the <laughs> show. Oh. Awesome. You know, we got to do this live. So um, uh, anyways, well, so Mark, um, Amos, and I'm not watching the Twitter feed right now. So Amos has assured us you have a, a fiery topic as I'm talking about my fantastic lunch from Payway today.
0: That's almost as exciting. <laughs> uh, so I don't know about fantastic, but uh, we've been having some fun, fun issues at work. Uh, we're on a relatively large team that's kind of arbitrarily divided into two teams, despite working on the same code base. And uh, I mean, all doing the same thing
3: um but number two
0: (laughs) right the main the main question is really uh how do you work from a group of about like three to four people that really want to do the right thing and are kind of making conscious good decisions amongst a pool of closer to 20 or 20 or 25 people that uh want to get the job done as quickly as possible and aren't willing to make any kind of short-term sacrifices
1: Ooh, okay. So now the last thing—do you want to? Do you want to hang around to discuss this with this? Well, he has to hang well, around. Well, he this. can, or he could. Well, or he could go bye-bye, and he could hear what comes out the other end. No,
2: that's uh, not we, his option. Uh, we need to ask. We need tomorrow. to ask some questions here. We need sure, to ask yeah. some questions. Whoa! So the, the so doctors are in tonight. Okay. Oh
1: <laughs> my
3: goodness! Remember that show, Loveline? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think that Lee is the doctor from that show and and I can be the other guy that's just rude and crude. <laughs> Adam Carolla, in other words if you didn't watch <laughs> Yeah, that show. oh that's his name. I couldn't remember.
1: Okay, hey, we can see there's Mr. Mark. He's turned oh. on the sky. Welcome Carl. Hey Hi Mark. So Okay, so so, talk. so
2: here's my first question. My first question is the uh the people that don't want to produce quality as for for lack of a better way to put it. Um <laughs> Why is it that they don't produce? Do they feel like that they are being um, pressured to deliver in an unseemly, uh, untimely sort of way, unfair sort of way? Um, Are are they just plain lazy?
0: So I think it's probably closer to the former. Um, I don't know if it's really a pressure that's actually being pushed on them or if it's kind of they've been in big business forever and they assume that the pressure will be coming. Um, I've never personally felt any pressure, but I might just be immune to it at this point from pushing back so much.
2: okay so if you've if you've got if you can somehow change that attitude, that's that's our first step, right? So um, and this may take management support, right? So management support has to come in and say, You know what? We're going to take an entire day and you're not going to get crap done, but we're going to do some other activities that are going to be useful and, and build stuff. But the whole point is that get them away from the freaking code, make them understand that, you know, there's more important things that there's a, there's a bigger picture here than just day to day churning out the code.
3: Do we need ties to come down and do a, uh, a Lego day?
0: That, that might be good. I don't know the the problem with, I don't know. There's a lot of problems as, as all workplaces have. Um, one of the phrases I've heard is, well, the team next door is getting more points done than us. We need to bump up those numbers. Right. And that was from one of the managers. So it's kind ah, of, like, there's a broader system, systematic, systematic no. problem here as well.
2: Yeah. That's a, that's a management issue. The very fact that you've got numbers and points uh, yeah. and that you could actually try to compare two teams against each other. That alone is a problem. Well,
1: okay, but let's stop. Winning. Okay, stop right there. (laughs) Stop. Because, Lee, what that is, and Mark, what that is, is if you've got managers poking around, that actually is a data point to say that there's something that leadership needs to provide autonomy to the teams to self-manage that's not being done. Are there estimation meetings?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. They they go on for a good hour. It's solid. So
3: can you? So can you just quadruple all of your estimates and oh, then you can outpace the other team? That's what I proposed,
0: actually. No, no, no. Guys, no, no. <laughs> nice,
1: guys, guys. That's Let, what
2: let, I, let Jason finish. Well, I, I no, think he was on to something there. Uh, well, what I was saying Sorry. is,
1: that somebody, really someone from your team needs to have a conversation with leadership to say, what information do you need to know about what we're doing to allow them to manage, the, manage risk? And what I find more often than not is most teams have never had that conversation or they had that conversation with the last manager, then the manager changed and whatever type of a system or a dashboard they put in place for that other manager is not effective to the new manager. And so then the manager starts poking around and, he goes and reads a blog on the Scrum Alliance that talks about velocity and says, ooh, tell me all about your velocity. And then he does all the stuff that John talks about, John Sextro, where he says, ooh, I under- I should be able to normalize velocity when he probably doesn't understand what velocity is, that it's a localized metric for each team and you can't do that. So you need to have a conversation and I want to say, Mark, you wanna you have to ch- help your leadership learn that there are ways to measure Agile and have a conversation. And, and once you hear what they need, that's a challenge for your team to put something in place that effectively empowers you guys to be self-managing. Okay, yeah, Amos no. is raising his hand. So
3: So uh I this is not a plant, but Mark has actually had this conversation with me before. Uh and and I said, you know, you remember um like on on cartoons where you you know you start out with just a snowflake and it starts rolling down a hill and picking up other things, Mark's got three or four people. So if you can start building from that core and you guys are doing high quality work and other people are seeing that high quality work, hopefully one of them wants to be a snowflake that's part of your big snowball. And when you get big enough, even Wiley e. Coyote can't can't stop you.
2: So so Amos, are you suggesting that uh, the cheetahs in the in the group? pick off the the wildebeests that are a little weaker (laughs) and uh, one at a time identify the ones that are close to falling to the dark side and and well i mean to the
3: good side but yeah
0: okay well you absorb their energy into your own is what i heard him say
3: yeah like if you if you cut (laughs) their head off then you get to get all of their life experiences but then there's but then you
2: you there's only then you end up with only one that's all right as long as he
3: knows everything that everybody else did
0: (laughs) so going back to tyson's comment i I think it's really good and um i mean approaching management is one thing the it's really tough to have like honest open team discussions when management is so tightly integrated right like they're they're in the room with us and you're on a 30 person team so it's not like you can have conversations external to the management before you can even go to that point
1: well but that's a problem right there number one I was curious how big the team was. 30 sounds scary because that's a program. yeah, uh, it's uh, I would not recommend anyone try a team with 30 people because you're going to spend too much time synchronizing across all the people. Your stand up well, even if everyone is correct in the present in what they share in stand up, it's still going to take an hour. It is you should talk about doing like feature teams where people divide up into small groups. They go work on some features and they mix it up every so often because you'll get better okay, throughput. Okay.
3: I was about ready to stop you. And so you said they mix it up. They mix yeah. it
1: up. They mix it up. Okay. If you watch our video, we're even doing the the crazy mouth thing. um, So trust me, I've been in a lot of environments where guess what? They mix it up once. And then you come back a year later and nothing's changed. And guess what? And leadership says, Hey, they can mix it up. The people choose not to. And what's funny, yeah. I'll share a real story. I, when I do workshops, we encourage people to like to, hey, guess what? For the afternoon, why don't you sit somewhere else? A lot of people don't want to move around. So we we like to sit down. So, you know, move it all or shake it up. But um, so you'll find that it will be easier to start to achieve consensus if you can get people communicating and working in smaller groups because it, it's it's, you know, the it's easier to have a conversation where, hey, Lee, why don't you agree with me? Or why don't you think, why don't you care about this? And it's easier to have that conversation when there's like, it's like one on five versus when it's like one on 26 or something, you know, it's it, it just works better. So see if you could rearrange how you're working to get in a feature team so you can start having smaller discussions and then use that to grow momentum to start to work together and, and have a better practice on quality. Like a snowball. I like it. Well, no, I think that's more like the avalanche. Sure.
3: (laughs) So you, you said Tice about rearranging or getting people to sit in different spots. Uh, And that reminded me of uh, a team that I had that was starting to get a little stagnant. And and maybe this is where you are, Mark, like you've got that set of people who are trying to get better and nobody else is, but uh, maybe they were at one point or they think they still are. And they're just, getting a little comfortable where they are. Um, so what I did on one team was I went in about 30 or 40 minutes before anybody else showed up and I actually rearranged all the desks. <laughs> uh, they loved And it, it, well, it, it caused people to sit by new people. Sure. And my wife who's she, a
2: teacher does that all the time.
3: Yeah, and well, and they do that for a reason, right? It shakes things up a little bit and gets people to think differently. Um, and and maybe you could do that, and then while it's all shaken up, you can suggest some things. That would be an interesting thing.
1: Well, I, I don't think- know.
3: I don't know if you're allowed to do that there or not. But. Oh, I mean, the one do, is fire me. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, the other question I want to ask you, Mark, is I want to probe a little bit deeper. On you said that management or leadership is in the room, and by the fact that they're there the environment is not safe. And so people don't feel as though they can talk about things. And And I'd like you to, if you're able to do so, and you can pass if you want to, um, how does that, what, tell us about that? Because that, that sounds like an unhealthy environment.
0: Sure. So I would say that around like 80% of the time, it's actually fantastic, right? Like they actually are aware of things that are going on. You don't get the like, awkward uh well why is this taking so long question right like that question doesn't happen all that often which is it's much better than other places where management's far removed um but it's for it's the times during like retros and things like that where the management's actually running the retros that gets very uncomfortable right and, and i can see the expressions in your faces right now and yeah it's it's not a great scenario and we recently actually just changed that so they're still in the room for retros but they're no longer up at the board running it so i think that's been a big improvement and there was much more conversation this time so I think we're heading in the right direction as far as that goes, but it's uh, it, it's a sh- long road, I think.
3: Let, let me, uh, let do me you actually... mind throwing yourself under the bus? What's that? Can you put Can you put something up for the retro that other people feel they can't approach in front of management? Or you do you not want to do that either? Oh, so,
0: so the comment I actually put up last time, which kicked off the new person talking, was I uh, was can we get someone that doesn't decide people's paychecks uh, running the retro? Um, and that actually, that kickstarted this and got somebody else up there. Um, but,
1: well, it, it just sounds like the integrity of your retro is suspect is suspect. I mean, I, I would say that. And again, I, we have listeners out there probably saying that, Oh my gosh, my manager runs my Metro my retro since to use John's favorite quote, we've abused this quote, but I can assert my dominance over the self managing team, rawr. So uh, I know that's don't, out don't there. Don't do anything wrong in here, because Tice will burn you for the next ten years. No. <laughs> no, I just thought that was funny when John said that. But real life, again, the retro has to be safe. A way to make the retro safe, even if the retro, even if even if the manager is facilitating it, is do things that promote self management. So, you know, get the box out, you know, the, the the box of joy or the I mean, it's technically called Pandora's box. But, you know, I call it the fun box where, you know, secret submission, put the ideas in there and then let the manager go up and read that. And the key thing is, if your manager's in your retro, the manager should be there as a servant leader for the team and should be saying, hey, I I hear that problem. And you know what? I can help you with that. And so I'm going to take that one off your, you know, out of your problem backlog and I'm going to go try to get a solution for you. And that's what they should be there for. So I actually think it's good that your managers in the retro, but I would ask you, are they doing kind of what I'm describing, which is what the role, which is the role they should be playing.
0: I, I would say it's probably more, uh, more administer out tasks to other people. Uh, I, I I don't want to say that and be 100% and be like off on one minor detail, but I would say in general, it's more facilitating to other people. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's just a tough conversation to have, so right? Like manager, if you walk up to your manager and say, you need to start doing more work, right? Like that that's a tough conversation to have.
1: Well, no, 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 but it's the manager should be there to serve the team more, you know, as as we've talked in, and now we need John here because they're – I had to talk about this today with some folks. I said, guys, we just drew the team on the wall. There's developers, and there's some quality advocates or testers. People like to give them different names. They all work together. There's this product owner role that maybe has a few people working for it. There's this, like, coach or scrum master. And maybe there's, like, a UX person. And um, guess what? That's it. You didn't draw a tall thin guy with big arms sticking out over being a shit umbrella. Uh, well, <laughs> no, no. And and then where's the manager? Uh, well, the manager's work has been really absorbed into those roles. And so the manager could work with the team, but the manager needs to work in accordance with how those roles were designed. And at that point they're serving the team and, they're enabling the team to move forward at its own devices, and they're removing impediments. That's that's what they do. And instead, the system, be it Scrum, Kanban, whatever, those are systems that allow teams to self-manage and ultimately generate data or metrics about what's going on so the team can self-manage and the business could have some some risk assurances that things are going well. And that's it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds great. Right. But as, as a fairly outspoken uh, grunt on the ground, that, that's a tough like start starting that conversation is, is often difficult. So.
1: So, so let me ask you this. Why is that conversation tough for you?
0: Uh, I would say probably be. I, I feel very comfortable, like having a conversation with people on the team um, and saying, hey, this is something that I see I've been doing wrong and I'm changing it this way, right? It's kind of a way to help steer the team in a direction. I like to do it from myself and say that I'm uh, I'm having this problem. Here's how I'm fixing it and kind of use that as a proxy for other people. Um, but when you're talking to someone who is ostensibly leading the team, I think that that's a more difficult way of phrasing it, right? When you When you kind of have to do a one-on-one conversation rather than a one-to-many conversation, it actually needs to have a point. It needs to kind of be more direct that is often uncomfortable.
3: So one one this is kind of crazy but uh and it sounds scary and kind of underhanded <laughs> but go can can you get some of those other people that are um are also trying to work for the same things that you are to um kind of Either have this as a many-to-one conversation, or even many people bringing it up in a, a retrospective or a stand-up or something where management is there, uh, and and like you're you're planting the idea, like maybe I'm gonna suggest this question and then we'll do a vote or whatever. And you can do that secretly with with uh, car cards or something. Maybe you can even go talk to whoever's gonna facilitate your retrospective, especially now that it's not management. And tell them ahead of time that, hey, I want to bring this up, but I want everybody to vote on it. But we need to keep it secret so that people will hopefully vote honestly. And then you go talk to a few of the people that uh, are on the team and try to, like, get them on board before you get there.
0: That seems like a good idea, especially kind of getting a coalition of the willing so forth uh, up, right. built up beforehand. Seems like a good starting point.
3: Yeah, uh, Craig actually has told me before, don't call something to a vote until you already know the answer.
1: <laughs> That's a good uh, and, and, <laughs> oh, OK, I would put that on my things that I want to debate with Craig. So
3: you, you go around and you. Um, find out like what people want and and talk to them about it individually, because sometimes it's often a lot harder to talk to people as a whole room full. If you have a lot of naysayers
2: not only that but the, each person each person's reasons as to why they behave in in this whatever the way is that is uh they're they're fearful for their job or they just don't like conflict or everybody's reasons are going to be a little different right so right. it's really tough to try to have one solution for a, a team especially that size in it, some cases in some cases you can have for a small team you can have one solution and you really are only attacking one or two uh, individuals, trying to affect them, and, and that can be fairly targeted, even though it's a team thing. But when you're talking twenty or thirty people, you can't really do that.
0: Well and you or attacking can have inertia at that point.
3: Well, and you have time to discuss their concerns. Instead of in the big group when it's concerned and then you start to bring something up and someone else throws one up, then you never even finish that first one. And it would be really dumb to run for office without speaking to constituents first.
2: So it's the same thing. You're, that doesn't mean they listen to constituents.
3: It doesn't. <laughs> but you can at least prepare like your side of the story by talking to everybody and and even if you're just trying to find out what their concerns are you're not trying to talk them into it you're just trying to find out what their concerns are so that when you do bring up the
2: topic you're prepared you know what the arguments are going to be
3: yeah
0: these are some great ideas i i should probably get back to helping with baking that's going on next door it smells really good but
1: uh thanks for the help so mark's saying he's had enough mark you got a pick got a lightning pick for us Ah, uh, uh, pick.
2: Oh sure, put him on the spot. Go ahead.
1: That's the theme of the theme of the night is put people on the spot and do things differently, which is what we're doing very well.
2: So so do you have a metaphor for baking that you would apply to agile? Uh
1: <laughs> I don't have I don't have one for,
0: for baking. I do have a good pick for uh, web development though, which okay. is called IamThefold.com. Uh oftentimes you get into awkward conversations about like, oh, we need to make sure this is above the fold on a website. And really, that can mean anything from like 200 pixels down to like 2400 pixels down, depending on the target you're looking at. So this is a good way of kickstarting that conversation with people for all the web devs out there. I know it's not particularly Agile related, but uh, it's it was a good, uh, it, it was it was an interesting thing for me to see, at least.
1: So IamtheFold.com?
0: IamtheFold.com.
1: That's interesting to check that out. So, okay, we'll put that on our show notes for our listeners out there. And um, yes, we've been in... I've been in many a fun debate about what is the screen resolution. So. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, go go bake. Uh, I, I questioned: uh, Are you are you baking thin vertical slices, or are you baking a wedding cake? Uh, we're, we're baking cupcakes, actually. So oh, cupcakes. a little bit of both. Small modular units. Okay. That's the idea. Are you going <laughs> to bake one first and then prototype it and get feedback before you bake a whole batch? <laughs> uh, luckily,
0: we've already had plenty of experience with uh We've kind of perfected the process to so this point. it. Uh, I, th- I think it'll, we, our iteration is a long term cycle. Our cycle time. Pretty- They're just
1: making blogs. It's just the deal. better from here. Here's the deal. I will <laughs> sure. I've said this on the podcast before is that sometimes we need to. Those of us on here regularly, we need to have our wives come on because I've used Ag- I've used the baking story to explain what agile is to my wife because she cooks all the time. <laughs> so um, I can only wonder what our wives think about what we do. So, well, hey Mark, thanks for joining us tonight. You got you can just drop off whatever you want to, and uh, uh, you'll hear the final well, output in a couple of days. And what are you gonna say, Amos?
3: I was gonna say the person baking in the other room that Mark's going to help is also a developer.
0: It's true. She actually has been on uh, the IOS podcast, the sister podcast to this
1: one. So I didn't know we had a family. Woo! Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Federation? All right. I'll uh, have to consider. We'll see you, Mark. Thanks, thanks for joining thanks us. Mark. coming on. Catch you next yeah, thanks time. for having me. Bye. Wow. Well, this has been fun here. This is interesting. So. So Mark's there we we, we give a showy demonstrating the the value that we bring to the agile community. So I,
2: I just want to know if there are any listeners and and followers that uh we don't personally know.
1: <laughs> well there's a if you look at the download stats there's there's people downloaded from all over the world that I don't think we know. So I, 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 well I, the only reason that we know, like, I, I
3: can't even say his name anymore, because like, we get in trouble every time we bring up Joe Bard. Joe Bards! But the reason I know Joe is because of the show.
1: Cool. Cool. Well, so what do we get? So, so
3: I think, I think uh, tonight was like Sigmund Freud's couch.
1: Well, so what'd we get? Let's do the rundown. what we get out it tonight? We started by talking about TDD, even though we said we weren't going to, we kind of, we we did a little, a little exploratory probing on that, and we the three of us would encourage you to think about that testing since it proves your codes works and it. I'm going to share it probably makes your team work a little bit better. It promotes learning. It promotes emergent architecture. There's a lot more value than just seeing that the bar is green. So, uh, what else we do we? It's not about today?
2: the destination. It's about the journey.
1: Oh, <laughs> dude, it's yoga. It's yoga. Whatever. It's yoga. Is that a hairball? <laughs> Then, somewhere We're along the line, Elvis' impression
3: to a cat impression. That's really good.
1: <laughs> so, then somewhere along the line, a stand up comedian known as Lee showed up tonight and, and entertained us with Elvis and Winnie the Pooh and his coughing cat. And, um, and so, with that as a backdrop, what are you doing? I know in our last episode we talked about team celebration, but what are you, as a member of an agile team, doing to make your work environment fun?
3: I, I tell dad jokes.
1: Really? Is that because we used to work with someone who told your mom jokes all the time?
3: No, no, not you, <laughs> not not those. Like dad jokes, like like uh, stupid. Puns. What's bla- what's black and white and red all over?
1: Oh, I thought you were talking about disciplined agile development. I thought you were making jokes no, about that. Uh, skunk in a blender. I tell safe jokes. <laughs> Ooh. Uh oh. That's not hard. Leffy Wells. Safe.
3: Is fun to joke about. It is a joke.
1: If you saw Leffingwell in a bar, how would you start a conversation? I don't know. Ah, Okay, so we talked about fun. So um, I hope we inspire you to go out and have a little bit of fun at work the day after you hear this. Are and you it- not going to tell us the punchline to that joke? No, I'm not. <laughs> That's horrible. He's like Lee. Mm. <laughs> I've learned. The joke without a punchline. And then the thing I think I like, then I want you guys to add to this. I was just look at my notes here. Agile is a agile, as we know, is about communication. It's hard, as we know. And it really is about I want to share. It's about working together, right? So out of the blue, we we had Mark on here to have a conversation, which I hope has empowered him and given him some insights to help him be a leader and help him go out and improve the people he works with and the, the software he's building. And. That is what Agile's about. And so sometimes we, we see people like, you know, hoarding their secrets. This is my secret agile thing that I'm not going to share with you. That doesn't help the community. So this is my my request for people to share and be open and 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 help the community grow and learn.
3: Go, Amos. I I, I just wanted to say uh one more thing. I wanted to give a shout out here. Um is that we had one other listener who uh, who tweeted us a topic after we had already had Mark come on. Uh, it's Ryan Ripley. And I suggested that he come on um, in the future. So hopefully we'll be able to get Ryan Ripley on in the future. Uh, and he wants to talk about the business side of Agile and why management agrees to do it. And are there lofty expectations reasonable to us?
1: Ryan, I love you. We We, we should we should we should share stories so do you know ryan no i don't i don't think i know ryan i need he need he
3: to. is the a- agile answer man agile dot
1: oh yeah okay i know of ryan so i bet he could answer my lefty well joke more so than you can well, probably <laughs> so what'd you get out of this lee what, what were your takeaways did we did we achieve anything here tonight or did we just blow up a bunch of bits on the internet
2: um, I, I think we contributed to the massive amount of uh, of video and audio being uploaded on a daily basis.
1: Yay! That's good. Pe- people that sell storage solutions can benefit from us. How about that? There there. We need more storage <laughs> in the cloud. Okay, great. Amos, what'd you get out of this? Anything? You you didn't have to do any it was a regular day in the Australians. So you didn't have to do any planning. He just showed up and it all got done perfectly.
3: Of course it is. I'm here. It's perfect. That's, That's what, it's what I learned. Amos that- shows up, shit's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> um no, uh I actually got a little bit of feedback about your agile buffet game that I'm really excited about. Um, I heard a little more uh, about the uh, agile open space conference that's gonna be going on and hopefully I can make it too. And um, I, I really think that uh, I, I got a lot out of the conversation that we had with Mark there um, on even how I can move forward and how I can help push on, on teams that are experiencing that same kind of, hey, management's so involved and everybody's scared to talk.
1: Okay, well, I guess we all got, if we did a, a what they call a roti, a return on time invested, I'd hope we'd all give it a thumbs up, at least I think the three of us would. Amos gave it too. Um, I so, smiled, so that makes me happy. Yeah, that was a, we need to ISO that picture, because that was scary looking, what you just did. Um, but I hope that if you're listening to us out there um, in podcast land, that you'd give us a thumbs up too, and of course, there's this great thing called Twitter you can, so... With that, guess what? It's time for everybody's favorite part of this Agile Life. Let's have our picks.
3: Hottest picks.
1: This week's
3: hottest picks. I think Lee should go first.
1: <laughs> and because Amos is in charge, I think we should do that.
2: <laughs> sure. I so- said I think. I was voting. Okay. Well, I will vote by talking. Um, so I have two picks today. I I started out with, uh, this is kind of an old one from uh, 2014, a lot of these. But there's a, a webpage called Is TDD Dead uh, on Martin Fowler's uh, site. It's basically just a series of conversations between Kent Beck, uh, David, David Heinenmeyer, uh, Heinenmeyer, uh, he- Heinen-Meyer Hansen.
3: DHH, D- just call him
2: DHH.
1: D- D- oh, Thank no, you. he's going to want to fight with Lee on Twitter because he mispronounced his name.
2: Oh, sorry. Um, and Martin, of course, um, on the topic of TDD. So I I thought it had some really cool uh, uh, stuff. It's, a, like I said, a little bit old. So for those of you, a lot of you will probably have already known about it. Um, and then when, when Amos uh, mentioned the dad jokes... It reminded me of this great little bit that recently was put out by College Humor. if you guys aren't familiar with those guys. Uh, you can just Google them on uh, uh, and find their YouTube stuff. but they have the ultimate dad joke duel, uh, which is a, a little skit thing that they do. Uh, they do just, do just just little uh, skits like uh, Saturday Night Live. So that's a great, little funny skit.
1: Okay, I'll go next. Um, I have two this week, uh, and of course, I got a shout out for the everyone at Agile Denver. Uh, my Agile was great. They, I know, we cheated because we recorded our last episode before the event, and wow, they do a great event in Denver. So if you haven't checked that out, it's uh, it's huge too. It's like a, it's um, it's like a thousand people almost, and it's to the credit of how they set it up in the venue. They made it look bigger than it really is. They staged it real well, so um, which I thought was cool. Anyways, so two real picks for you. Uh, uh, Gil Braza, just uh, in the spirit of changing things up, uh, just uh, put out a, a kind of a new thing called Your Daily Stand-Up Revitalizer. It's a one-pager with some ideas to, uh, facilita- to improve how you facilitate your stand-up to make it more effective and maybe kind of like we did tonight, throw a twist in it. So um, we'll give you a link that you got to go out and and Gil asks for your your email address. He sends it to you so you can download So we'll put that link to go and sign up um, in the show notes. And of course, the other one that we've already plugged 8,000 times tonight, but uh, we're going to plug it one more time, is the wonderful St. Louis Agile Open Space, uh, www.stlagileopenspace.com on Friday, April 17th at Washington University in St. Louis. And we're obviously going to uh, we're going to see if anyone wants to do the Agile Buffet game. We're going to talk about a few other community things that I know I have. A, bu- a bunch of the people that have registered have told me they already have ideas. So I think it's going to be an idea fest. So if you're in St. Louis or beyond, want to come check it out, uh, please join us. Um, check it out, register online, and hopefully we'll see you on the 17th at Washington University. Woo! Hey, and it- now to keep the snowball rolling. I'll just jump right in if Go that's okay, it. or
3: do you want to talk some more?
1: I was going to say, why don't you refresh us on what Mark's pick was just since it happened oh. so we don't lose it. Uh, Mark, Mark Ketterberg
3: picked I am which I've already brought up. It looks uh, pretty interesting. Uh, I can't wait to read it. When I first brought it up, I thought it was broken. It's not broken. Whenever you see it, just so you know. Uh, <clears throat> so now following Mark's, I will uh, run to mine. Uh, in general, This is just a recent experience, and I probably picked this before, but just user groups. User groups in general are great. It's uh, it's a great place to go learn, a great place to get support. Um, My current experience is that I run the St. Louis Ruby group, and the group, um, we have a meeting coming up this Monday right after this podcast releases and our regular venue is no longer going to be an option because they're moving. And so I had to get a new venue. And so I sent a message out to everybody in the user group and I got 86 emails today telling me where other places that we can have it. Uh, And that was just amazing. Like I have so many emails that I don't even know where the heck we're going to have it because I can't, I don't have enough time to go through all of them. Um, But that was just awesome. And then, uh, my next one is, uh, I, I don't remember how I got to this website. I think I just saw its name somewhere. Uh, let it Uh, it is for, uh, I think it's called Akka. It's, uh, I don't even know what Akka really is. I haven't looked at it. Here's what, why I want this as my pick is I went to the website and their design. I just really loved their design. Um, and, you know, when I always talk about my website being ugly, this is uh, really what I was going for. It's not really ugly. It's beautiful, um, but it's just kind of plain and straightforward, and I thought it was really
2: awesome. It kind of reminds me of Fallout, the game. Yes.
3: Yes, it does. I never thought about that until after you said it, but I I thought it was. Do, do you guys, do you think it looks good, too? Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. Okay, I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs>
1: And with that, that's all we have time for today. So as we always say, Agile's all about learning. Agile's hard, so you gotta learn how to do it, and um, you gotta try some experiments, and so try some new things, and I hope we've inspired you tonight to maybe try a few new things, and... Um, Most importantly, we'd love to hear what you think about it because really your feedback helps us improve what we do here at This Agile Life. So follow us on Twitter at This Agile Life or go check us out on the web at www.thisagilelife.com. And of course, best of all, if you like what you hear, let us know about it, but also tell a few friends and help us grow the community. And as Mr. Sextra always says, keep living this agile life.
0: This Agile Life is brought to you by a community of agile developers and coaches aspiring to spread the word about this groundbreaking approach to software development. Join us at thisagilelife.com forward slash community.